0: Double-teamed fam, how are we doing, everybody? This is sadly the last episode of the year. So, um, just wanted to say, yes, this is the last episode of 2021. We are taking a small break. During the holidays for our mental health. Yeah, we have had a lot going on. We have some exciting new projects for the pod underway A woo a hand clap or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And that takes time to do. And we also have full-time jobs. And, you know pets to take care of and I just sold my house so I'm moving so we got a lot going on but we'll be back next year but I was actually just thinking today it was record or while I was on my way to the recording I was like I'm gonna kind of miss it like it's only a four-week break it's not that long it's a month but then I was like I'm a little sad you know I feel like you guys are my best friends and you know I learn things and I put myself in situations and then I come you know teach whatever I learn or like discuss it all with you guys and so I'm going to have to take note of like everything that happens between now and then and make sure that we share it yeah, with honestly, our best friends favor- on the pod. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite part is recording and getting to have all these fun conversations. So not recording and not posting episodes while it will alleviate some of the stress or not stress, more like time constraints of our schedules. You know for the next few weeks as we take a little mental break it will make me very sad because my favorite part is recording same yeah but we're gonna come back 2022 stronger than ever can't wait and yeah happy holidays. holidays happy holidays anyways before we get started i'm gonna tell a funny story real quick i was talking to a guy last week and he was like hey do you want to go on a date next week i'm like yeah maybe sure what day are you thinking he was like monday I'm like, well, depends on like what time, you know, I got to record. He was like, oh, well, I'm, he's like camping in the desert. He was like, I'm camping. I thought maybe you could like come out and join me. (laughs) I was like, "Um." we know that's not one of Nikki's um, preferred activities. No, I mean, I don't like pitching tents unless it's in the bedroom. So all I'm going (laughs) to say (laughs) is I was like, okay, red flag. I'm like, dude, we got to meet somewhere public first. He was like, a camping site is public. I'm I'm like, no, it isn't. No, a camping site is not public. So, a six-foot <laughs> hole in Chabon Canyon is not public. There's, like, no service out there. I'm like, I don't know how, you know, where the nearest person is. Anyways, I just thought that was funny because that was the first time someone had asked me to go camping. Red flag. As a literal first date. No. I don't absolutely know. not. Exactly. So, anyways. Now, back to the topic at hand. So, this year, I dated around a lot and... I remember when I first got on all the like polyamorous subreddits and whatnot everyone's telling you they're like if you're poly or non-monogamous you don't date monogamous people and I was like well you know what? I'm gonna test that theory out and About so 10 15 times after a full almost year of testing that theory I'm here to say she finally learned her lesson they're all right yeah <laughs> before, in our open marriage, like my husband and I, I, I figured out it was like more so like monogamish in the sense that like when we were apart, you know, we would go have our fun. And then when we were together, we would just be together. So it was really easy to kind of like keep the two very compartmentalized just because I was never dating. It was always like hookups and friends with benefits that I had and, and same with him. So this year was actually the first year that we like ventured into like dating and polyamory. And so uh, it was definitely a year of a lot of lessons learned, which I'm very thankful for. Like that's what I was thinking about today I was as I was like thinking of this episode. I'm like, I'm really thankful for all the experiences that that not only helped me like meet a bunch of really amazing people, you know, that shaped me and who I am today. But also um, just a lot of lessons learned along the way that I'm going to take into 2022 into my dating life then. And I will say so when I was reading Sex at Dawn, which I know we mentioned to you guys like literally 12 episodes ago and then completely <laughs> dropped the ball on that. It's true, did we not? No, it is true, but there was just no way of coming back from that. We were literally like, "Hey guys," started reading Sex at Dawn. Like, we'll discuss, and then like never mentioned it our follow through Sometimes, as Libras, is questionable at best, um, but only with certain things. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I did read a good majority of the book. I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't quite finished it, but I wait. Do. Sex what? at Dawn. Yeah, Sex at Dawn. So I thought you had finished it? No, not quite yet. Okay. There was this part in Sex at Dawn that I kind of related to dating monogamously so sex at dawn the way that it describes it is when agriculture became a thing that's when kind of people really started like focusing on property obviously right because you have your little farmland you've got this property and now like it's all about like maintaining that property your resources like that's when women became property to men as well as the book describes so So women thank you yeah farming 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 kind of created capitalism and uh, misogyny, I guess. And that's probably one way to look at it. Um, But what I was saying there that I kind of related to dating monogamously was that from that point, like men, their focus was on maintaining their resources, right? Because men were the one back then that had the resources and women were focused on finding men with resources because women weren't given those resources. So in the, like, so that's where that when this whole daddy issues shitstorm started. Well, I don't know if it was daddy issues, but I mean, you know, yeah. Misogyny, patriarchy, capitalism. All yeah, those I just, things. I grouped them all as a whole as a, like a collective daddy issues. Mm, I issues. guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah. As I was reading this, I was like, okay, I could kind of see how when you're date if you're non-monogamous or polyamorous, like when you're dating monogamous people, some of that kind of ingrained sense of, of property comes about and let me explain so it's no secret if you go on Reddit you'll see that everyone's like we're a couple we just started dating my wife's getting like 10 guys a minute I can barely get two dates a week if that things like that like and, and people say all the time you go on all the forums and, and people talk about it there's all these discussions about it and so when I read this the, those discussions I thought okay this is how I related to what I was reading in Sex at Dawn at the time so if you're a monogamous woman, okay, women in general, whether you're polyamorous or non-monogamous or monogamous, they like familiarity. They like security, right? And they—now, granted, we're not all gold diggers, not at all. But, you know, we we like men that can, like, provide resources in the in the sense that, like, resources can be a variety of things. Emotional resources, security, like emotional and, and mental security, physical resources, things like that. So that women, But I think, you know what? It's okay. To want security as a woman. And the reason I say this is because if you're holding a child in your belly for nine months, you best believe that dude better be bringing something to the table. No, absolutely. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be everything, but like... Something. Yeah. It needs to be, uh, at least for women, like there needs to be like a team effort. It can't be just... Yeah, you got everything on your back there and like that's it. Anyway, so... It's actually in your stomach. You know what I mean? (laughs) So... You've got, you know, you like familiarity, you like security. Men in long-term relationships, in my opinion, tend to be more communicative. They're very emotionally aware. They can a lot of times provide that more emotional security just because they've been in a relationship and they understand, like, what it takes to communicate. Exactly. And to communicate and to tend to someone else's emotional needs. Things like that. And so, you know, if you're a monogamous woman, sure— a non-monogamous man might be a little bit intimidating at first, but I think once you kind of get to understand that they can still provide those things, then you kind of warm up to the idea a little bit more, in my opinion, or at least kind of in some of the examples that I've seen. So you're saying, wait, non-monogamous women with non-monogamous men? No, no, no. Men? Monogamous women with non-monogamous men. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. if you're still having your your needs and kind of those resources provided in some way, then you're still you still feel that met. And this is all stemming from back in, I don't know when agriculture started, but, you know, back in those AT, days. BC, yeah. bc one of those. <laughs> you know, women started looking for those things. That's it what they wanted. With the letters. <laughs> yeah, that's what they wanted from men. And so that's what they, what they still seek from men to this day. So as, even if that man is non-monogamous, is he, if he can provide those things, you know, they can warm up to that idea a little bit easier. Now, granted, this is aside from like all of the emotional work that is necessary for a non-monogamy. But I'm just saying from kind of that deep-rooted sense of what women look for in relationships as I was reading sex at dawn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is kind of a stretch, okay? If this is a little bit of a stretch, you know, I'm sorry, but this is just how my mind put it all together. On like the a up- hot take. Yeah, a hot take. Yeah, we'll call it that. And that's the thing, like monogamous men can still meet that for women as well. So monogamous women can look at either non-monogamous men or monogamous men and see that they can provide those things and and choose one of those as a partner. Right? Now, as the book was explaining, men Back then, for them, it was about keeping their resources to themselves. If they had a woman, they wanted to make sure that it was their seed being planted in that woman so that the resources being provided to that child was going like to his child. Does that make sense? And I, I can see how they probably had a problem with that and like community living. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, whenever agriculture started, that's when community living went out the window, according to the book. According to Sex at Dawn. Because that's when he started drawing the lines of property. I'm really and- curious how they yeah. did everything back then. Yeah. Anyways, but, but do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like, it, once like you had your farmland, so now you've got your land, you've got your wife, now you've got your kid, and you want to make sure all your resources are going to your things. Why, So you. Yeah, so, for monogamous men, if they're with a non-monogamous or polyamorous woman, there is no guarantee that... Like, that's going to be your child and that your resources are going to your child. Is this really far off? Like, I'm curious. Because, like, when, as I was reading this, I'm like, I see this. It's ingrained in men to want to, like, keep their resources I don't think to it's themselves. far off. I think I think that's that part of it has been explained before. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, also you look at men. Like I said, women value kind of that familiarity, the security, consistency. Men like novelty. They like the chase. They like competition. Like, those are... Masculine things, you know, ingrained in men. So when you're looking at a woman that's got multiple men in her life, romantically or sexually, there's no guarantee that your resources will go to your child. There's no guarantee that you'll win this competition of. Well, it's her. not even that. It's if you look at a relationship as if the relationship escalator rather than like taking the stairs. Then one dude is going to see a monogamous woman as like, how am I going to win with her? I'm not going to get her at the end. She already has somebody. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened in all of my relationships throughout the year. Yeah, because no monogamous dude that wants a chick all to themselves is going to look at a girl that's dating, you know, another person or two other people and be like, that's her. Yeah, exactly. Unless you expand your mind. Okay. But that's a subject for another time. And so the way that I was looking at it there was they can't necessarily win. There's no guarantee there. And so while a non-monogamous woman can be like a fun little fling for the novelty and for the chase in the long run, there's no guarantee of those kind of innate things that men have been looking for in relationships and in their like property, you know, for hundreds of years. So, so that's why... All the way back since ACDC. So they may enjoy her for for the physicality of it and for a a short while, but then as soon as kind of the reality sets in of this isn't going to progress to me having a wife all to myself, then it ends there. And that was exactly my experience. So I feel like if you're, say, you're non-monogamous and you're going to start dating around or whatever, like you have to keep in mind that if you're non-monogamous and you're going to be dating monogamous people, like these are the issues that you're going to be running into. There is a limit. Yeah. Unless that person... Grows or changes their mind very quickly. It's like that one meme that's like, you're all going to have to get really cool with these. A lot of things really fast. Really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. No, I agree. And like I said, you might enjoy her in the short term, but it's not really going to be a long term thing. Whereas on the other side, like for men, you might have a hard time finding more partners. But if when you do, you're going to have more long term relationships as long as you can still provide those things to a woman. That's kind of the way way that I looked at it. And that's that's what you see when like literally everyone's on there and they're like, men are going to have less quantity, more quality in the relationships, more consistency. Women are going to have more quantity, less quality in the longevity of the relationship. That's what I learned. And it's a tough pill to swallow. I'm not going to lie. And I'll say this, like my husband and I were literally the prime example of this. He went on like five dates found his girlfriend. They've been dating ever since. Me, on the other hand, a rotating list of so many dudes that I would probably literally have to go back and figure out just how many men I've dated this year. And they've all been at most a couple weeks, like, and I'm talking like a month or two at a time. The longest one I had was about four months. So that was, and then- I think you surpassed me in like number of people you've slept with. Really? Probably. Which have always been the reigning champion there, so. It's not a competition. It's not a competition, but my eerie side is like, it's a competition. No, the girl, the girl I'm seeing. I now, digress. This is dating, like, heterosexually. Dating homosexually, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, because, like, the girl and I that I've been seeing, we've been seeing each other since April. I'm not sure how many months that is off the top of my head, but, like, I think these, like, innate things go out the window for bisexuals. I yet to switch teams. Yeah, I'm just saying. So I, this, so I my know. little theory here, applies to heterosexual people. So far, so far, yeah. Well, I mean, your your luck with women this year was so so. Uh, what do you mean? Well, didn't you go on a few dates that just didn't work out? Yeah, but I've got my I've got the one girl I see, and then my female dom who I love, like adore. Wait, I can't say love because she listens to the podcast. Now she's going to think we're not there yet. You know what I mean? I adore her. So I've had two solid women in my life this year. No, but so like when I look. Yeah, I would. Okay, I could see what you're saying. uh, I can think of like three really prime examples of kind of what I've explained here. Are you going to tell us story time? Yeah, we'll have a story time. Absolutely. So the we're going to use the the code words that I like. Everyone knows when you're dating people, whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, like I see TikToks about this all the time, like you have nicknames for them. You know, it's not until like it's Brad from Chicago. No, it's not until like eight-inch def- Daniel. Yep. Uh, for me, I've had. What are some other good ones? I've had the anesthesiologist. Oh, my British dude. Old Jeff and New Jeff. Old Greg and Older Greg. <laughs> I don't remember Older Greg. Uh, there was um, the tree. I did not like. He old was really Greg. tall. He was like six five. The tree. The tree. And then there was um, uh, the avocado farmer. What are the firefighter? But I dated like four firefighters, so there was only really one prominent firefighter. Yeah, I was going to say, you really... <laughs> the doctor. You <laughs> really went through LAFD, didn't you? <laughs> I did not go through LAFD. Fuck off. <laughs> no, two of them were Ventura FD. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of... And then there was my young guy. And like, see, okay, what I'm saying is, is like... We'll use the code words that Yeah, we... Yeah, the, the code that words. That we established. And remember, guys, we did a whole episode with the astrologer about what placements to look for. And this was right around the time that I started seeing the anesthesiologist. And I looked at his chart, cause we did his chart. And I was like, okay, there's potential here for non-monogamy. Like he he may be accepting. And the thing is, is like your dating pool is small when you when you go to the polyamory side. He actually had this, the same seventh house placements that I did. So we, st- we had the same placements in the seventh house. And then there were a couple other things that I looked at and I was like, okay, there's some potential here that he could be into non-monogamy. And him and I had great discussions about, you know, like relationships and non-monogamy and everything. He said one thing that I thought was really interesting that I'll never forget. He said, after we had like discussed it and all, he was like, I could be non-monogamous, but I would want my wife to be monogamous. So in order to make sure that she's monogamous, I would be monogamous for her. I hate it when people say that, when they're like, I can be non-monogamous, but my partner can't. It's like... But no, but he was saying from a standpoint of like, he sees that it's not fair to do that. So he would be monogamous for her. No, I understand that. But I'm saying like, okay, you trust yourself, but you don't trust your partner. That just means you don't trust no, yourself. No, 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 I think, no, 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 He's coming from the standpoint of like, I could go fuck around, but I don't want her fucking around. Okay, so that's an ego issue. Yeah, absolutely. It's an ego thing. Where do you think the creation of property in agriculture gave men egos? Yeah, don't you think? It's just not fair. So I can see why he wouldn't do it. But no, think about it. Like in the creation At least he sees that. Yeah, no, no. And and that's what I I appreciated about him. He was very (laughs) self-aware, which I loved. So he said that. He was like, I would want my wife to be like sacred to me and only me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, The word sacred. Yeah, and I remember like I went home and asked my husband that night. I'm like, am I less sacred to you because I'm non-monogamous and I sleep with other people besides you? He was like, no. Never thought of it that way. And I was like, okay. We I always wonder, like, when men want virgins, but then. Oh, don't. Oh, that reminds me of one dude. <laughs> but then they want to go fuck around. And then it's like, well, how do you expect your partner to be a virgin when it's not just you, but all of the other men in this population want to fuck around too? Yeah, no, I don't get it. Like, that reminds me of, remember the Leo, the really good Leo? I raved about him. How do you not? I don't have a good memory. Remember it's the one that um that said to me that he would never want a girl like me because I've been run through. <gasps> Who said that to you? I told you that he said this to me. Write his name down. You you uh, anyways, you remember. Oh. <laughs> Piece of uh I I do not like him. <laughs> that one video y'all made was hot, but I do not <laughs> like him. Yeah. We we did make a little home video that I showed Kimi because I thought it was super hot, and actually it was. I'm not gonna lie, like not the first thing I well, you know petitioned to see every day. Um, but you didn't see it every day, you just it saw was. It. No, you're right. I only watched it. Once. No, but seriously, that's and what I he said. I only watched to me. it for like five seconds. That's but what he it, said to me. And, and then obviously we stopped sleeping together after that because I was like, no, thank you. Uh, you really liked him. Oh okay, yeah, we slept. Together. You told me. Yeah, I was about one to say. more time after. Yeah, that. exactly. I'm gonna call you out on that bullshit. Okay, thank you for that. But I know what, you liked his dick, but his mind was just misogynist as fuck. Exactly, it never would have worked out. But now back to the anesthesiologist. Okay, okay, we had some great conversations about non monogamy as a whole, and I'm not gonna lie for a second there. I thought to myself, I'm like, I have a little bit of a corruption kink, guys, meaning that like I like to corrupt people into the dark side of their sexuality, and I was like, I bet I could change him a little bit of a savior complex too. I was like <laughs> I was like maybe At least you see it. Oh, I'm very self-aware of all my flaws. See, I I don't know I you know when you help someone figure out that they love getting their asshole licked or something, like, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. <laughs> what I was saying was with this guy, I could, say, I could see in him that, like, there were parts of himself that he wanted to, like, explore, but just hasn't yet because he's working on himself, which I was very proud of him for, like, working on himself. I thought that was phenomenal. I think that's a very notable thing. He read a lot of books. Um, He actually recommended some books that had some, like, pretty interesting views on sex and stuff. Um, So, like, a very stimulating conversation with him. Uh, like I said, we we had a lot of talks about non monogamy and everything, and and he was always very open to it. But despite that, and despite my my want to like change him, there just was no changing him. I don't think it's that you wanted to change him. I think it's that you you wanted him to get to the level that you were already at. I wanted him to decide <laughs> for himself if he wanted to be monogamous or non monogamous. Yeah, but that's not going to happen until he finds a monogamous person that he so he can test that out first. Absolutely. And that's another thing, too. I mean, I remember I was thinking about this as I was, like, seeing this guy. You know, if it's anything I've learned from my marriage, if you want a man to do something, you got to make them think it's their idea first. So, like— Or, like, their asshole. Is that a little manipulative? I don't— know. No. Okay, anyways. So, Absolutely that's not. what I'm saying. Like, if it's my idea for him to be non-monogamous, like, it's not going to work. So, he has to come to that on his own. So, I realized, okay, like, it's this isn't— I'm not going to be the reason that he decides to be non-monogamous. So, and here's another prime example of that. There was a guy that I saw before this guy. This was J2, for anyone that remembers. Episodes ago, J2— When him and I started seeing each other— It was actually very brief in the beginning. And he was, like, very new to— or he had no idea what non-monogamy was. He came from North Carolina. And so I introduced him to this. He was like, I've never heard of this before. And we, like, went on a date or two. And then I was like, he's not where he needs to be emotionally for this relationship right now. Like, he was too— not the word, like, possessive, but, like, very monogamous in the sense that, like, he wanted someone to, like, be his everything. And I could tell that there were some attachment issues there that he just needed to work through. So— We kind of ended the relationship. And then months later, when we rekindled things, he kind of came to his own realization of what he wanted in relationships in the time that we spent apart. And he actually started practicing a little bit of solo polyamory on his own. I planted the seed. He figured it out for himself. And now, I'm very proud of him for that. Yeah, and now he kind of is where he is today. Yeah. And so with him, you know, I kind of realized or comparing the two— I realized they have to come to that on their own. You're not going to be the reason that they decide to enter non-monogamy if they do. They have to come to it on their own. Just like, you know, when my <laughs> husband approached me about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first example, the anesthesiologist. The second one was the firefighter. Same thing. He was a little bit more accepting of it, but he never wanted Anything related to the relationship escalator and I think that is you know You mentioned earlier the relationship escalator kind of a very important aspect there If a guy isn't looking for a serious relationship like a marriage or kids or things like that Or a girlfriend Yeah or girlfriend just something casual then non-monogamous partners are going to be great for them Because they're like oh perfect you're already married like I don't have to worry about you wanting to marry me Right So Touche Exactly So with him, it worked out great. And that's probably why it lasted longer than my other relationships. We saw each other for about four months. It was just very casual. No expectations. No expectations. Yep. We were taking the stairs and we had great communication. He was a prime example of casual intimacy. We were still intimate with each other. Yes. I love that. Um, We were still intimate with each other, but it was casual. Until we kind of came at a crossroads where he was like, well, I do like you. And you're making me realize that I I kind of want to be in a relationship again. He was like, but I, I can't share you in a relationship. So we walked away from that. And he had a girlfriend after that. And so, you know, that kind of went from there. But like I said, he was a good example of, you know, he was monogamous, never had been polyamorous or non-monogamous, was open to it. We satisfied each other's kind of casual needs, sexual and physical needs, and then walked away from it when it no longer served us. So, I mean, he was actually pretty young. He was like 24. And I and I still don't think that he will be non-monogamous in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, we still talk as friends all the time. I actually was talking to him on the phone before I came to record this today. And I, I can very much sense that for himself. He's decided he prefers to stay monogamous. But that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? if anything, I've really helped a lot of the men <coughs> in Los Angeles figure out what they want in relationships. You're doing the Lord's work. I really am. Now, the very last example I'll say was the one where I feel like I finally learned that lesson for my Took us a while. Took me almost an entire year, but I finally learned my lesson that they have to come up to on their own and I can't go after monogamous people expecting them to want to date me. And I gotta say, out of all of the dudes that I've dated <laughs> see, I what, what Canoodled? Was, what was that word? <laughs> canoodled? Okay, we'll go with Canoodle. Because, like, we saw each other, but, like, and we went on a couple dates, but, like, hadn't gotten to the point of, like, we're dating. We're, like, seeing each other. Well, I guess we kind of were. Oh, wait, y'all went on dates? Yeah. Like, dinner dates? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason, I, I don't remember that. Yeah. But, okay. Anyways, so— and again, I don't know your every waking moment schedule. I do have your Google Calendar. Though. It was on my Google Calendar Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Interesting. Okay. So you have would have that. seen it. I must have missed that. Regardless. Back to the point here. With him, he was one of those guys that like I I really liked. Actually, similar to the anesthesiologist, I almost canceled my first date with him because I'm like, I've got way too much going on right now. I don't know if I'm going to... You know, like conversation has been like pretty good, but like nothing, you know, like over text, nothing that special. Same with the anesthesiologist. I almost canceled on him. Mm. But then like the in-person conversation with both of these guys was like phenomenal. Anyways. Well, some people really suck at texting. Yeah, they do. But then if better. anything I learned this year is that some people aren't texters. You no. just really got to connect in person. I would say I'm a little bit of both. Um, I mean, I'm great on in text, but like in person, I think I'm even better. So I was saying there was almost canceled on him and then I didn't. I'm glad I I didn't cancel on him because um, we had a great time. And anyways, with him, we had like started sort of seeing each other or whatever. He had all the placements that I was looking for that Kira told us to look for. He had a Virgo rising. So a mutable sign in the seventh house, which would be Pisces. Um, in his fifth house, uh, was Neptune, which is kind of a very dreamy planet. And then his moon was Gemini and his sun was Sagittarius. So all very mutable energy, right? So I'm like, okay, this guy may be open to non-monogamy. And if anything, like I did our sinistry. and look, I do everyone's synastry if they allow me to do their chart, because I just want to see like, what, what did the stars say about this? And I was laughing because all of the synastries that I did, like on Cafe Astrology, on Iphimeris, on The Pattern, all the astrology sites said that he would be the one that needs variety in the relationship. And I would be the one that would like want, you know, more like security out of him because he's got so much mutable energy. So I was like, okay, this guy should be pretty open to non-monogamy. You know, let's see how it goes. And he was like, he always kept an open mind when I, when we talked about it. And I could tell pretty early on, we kind of had like a difference in what we wanted long term. Again, back to that relationship escalator. He was looking a little bit more for like marriage and children. I'm looking more for, you know, like fun and exploration and, and all that. And I, I, I want to say maybe for a little bit, we kind of ignored that conversation. Maybe for like a week or two there until we got to a point where we're like, well, at, at least on my end, I started to really like him. Like really like him. I remember us telling one of my best friends about him, and he was like, "I've never heard you gush over a guy the way that you are about him." He was like, "How's the sex?" And I'm like, "Fucking mind blowing!" Like, remember guys, Aww. when Wendy was saying that, like, sex should feel like Avatar, the movie where you're like connected to this tree of like the universe and life. She didn't use Avatar. You did, but she said when you're connected to like a divine energy, a yeah, divine feminine energy. Yeah, and then and that and so I thought that you know that's kind of like avatar where they had that tree yes yeah having sex with this connecting d- of the fringe tails yeah the tails yeah having sex with this dude felt like tapping into the divine energy of the universe in sexualness i don't know how to describe that's it i know right so you know. Yeah, i feel like and i'm gonna go out on a limb here but that's just because i'm spiritual not everyone's gonna agree with this but i feel like when you have that kind of sex it's because you're Having sex and connecting with someone who is connected to your soul somehow, in like an old life, a past life, or you know, just one of our synestries did say that we were friends in a past life. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, but no, it's true. Like having sex with him felt very connective. We both opened up to each other, and I remember kind of when we were ending things. He was like, he was like, "It's you. You're phenomenal at sex." And I'm like, "I am. I know this." <laughs> It's true. I've had enough guys tell me that by the— like, I know how to have sex. I know how to please myself. I know how to please others. I know how to use my body, like— and and I'm very in tune with my sexuality and my— and my sexual energy that, like, I can— I can make it great. And I, and looking back through this entire year, I've had a lot of great sex. And then with this guy, it was like, next level. So he was like, it's you. And I'm like— I told him, I was like, no. It's the fact that, like, we both opened up to each other. We, like, both connected. And we both kind of, like, gave in to this experience. So it it hit a breaking point where we were like, well, we want different things in life. And we recognize that. Which one thing to mention on sex real quick is the fact that you do get to have that that divine sex with people as well when mm -hmm. you both are willing to go there. To open up. Oh, absolutely. To open up. Yeah. To be vulnerable. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the difference between like great sex and divine sex. You can't be thinking about your performance level when you're having sex. Yeah. You can be good at sex, but still not have kind of that divine sex because you don't open up to someone. And I know this because there are people that I don't open up to. It's so like, yeah, we still have great sex, but we don't have divine sex. Absolutely. I like this divine sex versus great sex. And um, anyway, so I was saying there was, even though he wasn't like turned off by non-monogamy or like off put by it, he was like, I just don't know how I would feel if our feelings for each other progressed. And he, he understood that like I wanted you know, I, I cannot be monogamous. And he was like, I just don't know how I would feel in the actuality of that. He's never experienced it before. We both kind of like maintained what we wanted individually for ourselves. And like we we realized there were places like we couldn't necessarily compromise for each other. So like, like you stood your ground in what was true to you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So he stood his ground in that he wanted marriage and children, which I definitely wish for him. And I stood my ground in I cannot give someone children at this given time. And I cannot be sexually monogamous. If it's anything that I realized in my journey this year, it's that like polyamory, I can give or take, but like when it comes to my sexuality, I cannot be monogamous. So I stood true to to my sense of self in that. And he stood true to his sense of self in, in the things that he wanted. And I think that we benefited from the fact that we both knew ourselves. Like we were both very self-aware. So we understood, okay, we're at an impasse here. and like, if we keep going, it just means that there's going to be more pain down the road. Whereas if we stop now, we kind of end that pain. We go our separate ways and we find people that are more aligned with what we're looking for. That's a very mature way of going about it. It still sucks though. But, oh, absolutely. I will say though, I learned a lot this year about how to deal with heartbreak. And I see people all the time on Reddit where they're like, I've been married for four years and we opened up to polyamory and I've had my first breakup and this fucking sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks. Like, I I remember when I dealt with my first breakup at the beginning of this year and my husband was like literally hugging, consoling me like, it's okay, they're there. Like as I'm crying about like another dude that I was dating for, you know, like a month or two because like, you know, there was someone else that like I had a really great connection with. So I've definitely at least picked up some like coping mechanisms for that. One of them being, and I, so there's this girl on on TikTok, I've mentioned her before, Tinks, and she always says, like, doesn't matter how long you dated or situationship, whatever, like, hold a funeral for a day and let it go, and that's, like, exactly what I do, though I usually, like, I'll write out some pages in my journal about, like, what I wanted that relationship to look like, play that story out of what I envisioned with this person, and then let it go. Yeah, I will say, you know, you really have to find a way to release it with love. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's exactly how I did. it. Don't be vindictive all the time, people. Yeah, Learn, understand. Yeah, understand that sometimes people can't meet your needs, and that's okay. As long, but Just, you have to stay true to your needs. You really do. Yeah, and that's what I. That's that was a big learning lesson for me. And with this last guy, you know, like I said, I really liked him. I definitely envisioned, you know, what I would have wanted with him, but it's not the same thing that he envisioned. So we had to give it up. And so now, going into the new year, I recognize that dating monogamous people is going to come with that extra work. It's going to come with realizing that, you know, they need to figure out for themselves where they stand with non-monogamy. And then, you know, you need to realize, like, do their goals, the things that they're looking for align with a non-monogamous lifestyle? It can, but obviously it's going to take a lot of work. Now, the people that I've dated that are non-monogamous throughout the year or polyamorous, like, those have been really positive experiences, very easy experiences, because they They already fundamentally align with where I am. For example, the girl that I'm seeing, she's solo polyamorous. She understands. So like her and I have been seeing each other, but we talk about the dates that we go on. We talk about, you know, the other people that we see. Like we understand each other from that level. We understand the time management, prioritization, you know, everything in in relation to non-monogamy. So we're just very in tune with each other and it's so easy. Or, you know, my two doms, they're polyamorous. Again, with them, just super easy because we automatically align on that level. There's another couple that I occasionally play with and, you know, they understand non-monogamy from, from that perspective as well. They're just sexually non-monogamous. They're not polyamorous. So we just kind of have fun and everything. And again, super easy. We leave it at, at the fun that we have. And that's that I respect their relationship. And because I understand, you know, what their relationship is and their structure, they understand mine, et cetera. So If you are entering non-monogamy, if you are entering polyamory, yes, it's going to be a lot easier if you date people or seek people that are already aligned with you in those things. You're going to date monogamous people, just understand it's going to come with a lot of heartbreak, a lot of endings, a lot of variety. If you're a man, you might find that you do find one good partner that warms up to the idea, understands that they can still get maybe some of the things that they're looking for and go from there. But as a woman, you might have a lot of men that don't necessarily align with non-monogamy for their future endeavors. Yeah. There's a lot of fish in the sea, but there are different schools. Yeah. That's a great analogy. I come up with these on the spot. Finding Nemo came to mind and my mind wandered. Okay. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of fish in the sea, but you know, you got to stick with the same schools. There's so lots of lessons to learn from dating and overall, I mean, I've had really positive experiences and like I said, they've all contributed to my personal growth. And I think if you're, especially like in non-monogamy, I always say it's a pressure cooker for personal growth and these are the things that you're going to run into. Location's also going to matter. I see a lot of people on Reddit say like, okay, if they live in a part of the country where there's not a lot of non-monogamous people to choose from, it's going to be very hard to find. You know, here in Los Angeles, the dating pool is at least a little bit bigger just because people are more open-minded. And Um, somehow Nikki still finds, like, dudes in bumfuck middle of nowhere in the mountains, San Diego, and, like, Santa Barbara. Those are the men you go for. (laughs) I've got a a variety of dudes (laughs) spread across. So if I'm in town in San Diego, I've got someone I can go to there. If I'm in Arizona, I've got someone to go to there. Uh I've got my my dude in Miami if I need someone there who's in Miami remember he was visiting anyways but what I'm saying is like I can understand how like if you live in Idaho not only is it going to be hard finding non-monogamous people but it's just it's already hard probably finding people finding non-monogamous people like location is going to matter too but I'm not trying to make anyone like shy away from dating non-monogamously just understand that if you misalign with someone kind of in the fundamentals of what they're looking for in a relationship it's going to bring the big takeaway is dating, as a, a non-monogamous person, dating monogamous people takes a lot of work. And That, that was I, 48 minutes of telling you that. But there's a lot of truth. You know, I mean, there's a, all of it is truth. Um, what you're saying in that regard is, that you know, it. all types of relationships take work. But at the end of the day, you really do have to align fundamentally with how you want to proceed in the future? Yeah, with with your partners because if you don't align, like you're going to reach that impasse at one point or another. And like I said, you really can't just you're not going to be able you're not going to convince them to be non monogamous. They either you know they everyone has to try it out for themselves and then decide. Am I do I prefer non monogamy or do I prefer monogamy? Well, I was going to say, and that's what I encourage people to do. Decide for yourself which way do you want to go, and then from there, you know, stick to that path. For 2022, like I definitely will probably stick to more polyamorous. And non-monogamous people, because, like I said, it's easier. It's more aligned. I feel more more welcomed by them, and it's a lot less heartbreak. I mean, I'll say, like for example, one thing I learned this year, when especially when it came to heartbreak and feelings, you know, I had a partner who I learned very early on. What does he want in the future? Kids, a lot of them. One thing I do not want in my future is a lot of kids. I don't even know if I want one. Yeah. So I never put my you know whole bunch of emotional energy into that relationship so and I mean like I said in previous episodes like you can kind of control you know how much of your emotional energy you give to someone so like I've had plenty of, of monogamous men that I've that I've dated or hooked up with whatever where I understood this is just a physical thing I just want casualness with them it's not gonna be anything serious I don't have those emotions so I can keep it at that There's no good morning text. We meet up when I want to hook up, etc. And that's that. And now, you know, there are some guys though where like it's maybe it starts out that way. But then I realize it's too much emotional energy to separate sex and feelings with them. Whereas like with the others, I can do that. With them, I can't. So you have to leave that relationship because it's just too much Yeah, it is very situational. Yeah. I will say though, I've become, I've noticed, you know, realized this the other day. I'm now the girl for a lot of the guys that I saw this year. Uh, the girl that they can call when they're ready for a threesome with their girlfriends. That's a beautiful thing. I know, right? Because You I was, get access to a lot of good sex. Remember the actor that I saw earlier in the summer? I remember. Yeah, he's dating a girl now and he was, and I remember I like hit him up randomly because I just kind of wanted to hook up and he was like, oh, I'm seeing someone. Oh, and I was like, I'm sorry. Um, have fun with that. Hope it goes well. And he was like, thanks. And he was like, but are you are you down for a threesome if she's ever down for it? I'm like, absolutely, dude. Hit me up. He was like, thank you. Same right thing. on. Same thing happened with old Jeff. He got a girlfriend after we stopped seeing each other, and then uh, he said the same thing. He was like, you know, she's a little bi curious. Would you be like open to having a threesome with us? And I was like, absolutely. So new venture. Nikki is going to start doing uh threesome lessons not free of charge okay that's actually a great idea we do need some monetization at some point but i will um i'll facilitate this i'll make sure this happens uh nikki's threesome course guidance course i like that which is funny because today our actually sent us an email asking about how to approach a threesome with his girlfriend i wonder if he's gonna want to edit that out (laughs) and I i typed out oh shit he hasn't asked her yet this is a great Patreon idea: one-on-one peer counseling on threesomes for new couples. Nikki can provide that. I've had for a, lo- sure. I've had a lot of threesomes this year. A lot of threesomes and a lot of um, I celebrate that sex for parties. You. Yeah, which that's. I lot- love telling people I've had. I've never had a threesome. I've had an eat but that's it. You what? That's an orgy. Exactly. Six or more is an orgy. That's all I did. There's obviously, you know, masturbation, two-some, three-some, four-some, five-some. Six to 20, orgy, 20-plus, sex party. Boom. That's a distinction if you need that lesson. I meant in one little, like, experience. Yeah, Um, so that was an orgy. Um, One thing I learned in Los Angeles is that right around the age of 35 to 30 is when big city men decide they're ready for children. The avocado farmers at that age. And my favorite part is when these dudes haven't really been in too many long-term relationships, are just figuring out their emotional awareness. Like, just barely. And then they, you know, you start dating them and they're like, well, I want kids in like two years. I'm like, I I barely know you. (laughs) Well, no, but A, like, be realistic here, dudes. Like, if you think that you want to be a father, like, if even the thought of it crosses your mind at the age of 32... That's the time to start looking for a chick, not at thirty. Well, unless you're going to be dating like twenty two I wouldn't have children with someone unless I was like at least five years with them. That's a personal opinion. I for other people, that might be kind of a different timeline. But I now, here's the thing, Kami. you have to remember men are often ready to be fathers before they're ready to be husbands. And it comes back to what I was saying about property. remember? Re- full circle resources. yeah. They're ready to have that offspring that's going to take care of those resources, take care of that farmland. But what, that, that's like an innate thing that's been like ingrained in them.
1: It's I just think it's hilarious. To produce
0: offspring. Their offspring, yeah. idea of a timeline. Yeah. No, but seriously, I'm telling you, men are often ready to have children before they're ready to get married. That's, and yeah, I've seen that quite a bit. But yeah. Anyways, so to all my dudes from this year, hit me up if you want a threesome with your girlfriends. I'd love to show you how to go down on them properly.
1: <laughs> for anybody
0: who is wanting threesome lessons so we that is coming 2022 <laughs> we'll see about that c-u-m-m-i-n-g <laughs> 2022 i'm not whoring myself out for threesome <laughs> no camera. nikki you're providing guidance it's a lesson course okay i'll, I'll give a lesson idea okay now again if you're non-monogamous or polyamorous. Just, I I say, take this time to reflect on how, especially if you're new to it, especially if you're new to it, take this time to reflect, how has the year gone for you? What did you learn from your dating experiences? What can you take into the new year that you can apply? Like, what have you established about yourself? Like, okay, I need to be polyamorous. I need to be sexually non-monogamous. I really just like group sex and just sex parties get me off. Like, whatever it is that you've discovered in your non-monogamy journey for 2021 Take that into 2022 and apply those lessons and, and be have a little bit more intent in your dating, in the partners that you're seeking and everything. Start I, journaling. Yeah. I feel like I'm going into 2022 with a lot clearer idea of what I'm looking for in a partner. And it, it's like, I've, I've taken all the lessons from 2021. I've thought them through. I've journaled about it. I've thought about it, meditated about it. And now I feel like more prepared for the next year. I think my focus for next go. year is me, myself, and I. How am I going to heal some of the emotional trauma from like six years ago that I never dealt with? That came up this year and I realized then and there that it's time to fix this. So my focus for next year is me. How am I going to grow within myself? Yeah. Whether that I'm in a partnership during that or not, we'll see. But I will say, like Nikki said, figure out what it is that you want for yourself. I personally don't like to use the fiscal year as like a, you know, new year, new me. I prefer to use my birth date for that. But if you're using the fiscal year, yeah, that's a great time to start figuring out what it is you want. And we've got so much astrology coming up that, you know, it's probably going to bring about a lot of these things. Venus is going to go retrograde in Capricorn week or yeah on the 19th by the time this releases on Sunday yeah Venus goes into retrograde in Capricorn so don't get face fillers or buy anything expensive but yeah because shit may break or it'll it'll go wrong yeah Capricorn is a sign of like working and Venus is the planet of love and money and those kind of things so like this is going to be and retrogrades are about looking inward so from my understanding I'm not an astrologer but at least the things that I've been reading on this retrograde that's coming up. It's going to be a time to look inward into our finances and our relationships and then put in the work to figure out what it is that we need to improve and then take that into 2022 and just be better versions of ourselves for our partners. And if you're trying to conceive, wear condoms for like the next month. Um, Let's pop out some more Libra babies. So guys, Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. We love you. I'm gonna I, miss you guys. Like, yeah. I, 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 I know it's only a four-week break, but I'm like legitimately gonna miss recording. And there there still still many things, gonna, yeah. we're still gonna be on the socials. Yeah, we are. No, but I've gone through so many experiences lately that I want to share with you guys, like some of the sex parties that I went and to. And I'm gonna throw this out there. If you're on social media and you're following our account, figure out what it is that you want for yourself, what, what you want for your relationships, what you want to heal, what you want to grow. Write it down. Release the bad shit with love. Release it with love. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, like, I have a whole journal full of love stories with men that I never got to live out. Could probably write a book on it, to be honest. But you were writing a book at one point. Yeah. That's how far I took it. There was one dude. I wrote half a book about what that love story was going to look like. And then halfway through writing that book, I, I'm a little bit of a writer and a, you know, a hopeless romantic. So this I'm just, more of an editor. Yeah. Um, but anyways, halfway through the book, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to let this love story go. So I let it go. But you should have finished the book. No. Anyways, we love y'all. We'll be back in a few weeks. We hope to see you all come back with those intentions. Yeah. With those. Send like, us a DM. Healthy coping mechanisms, healthy boundaries. Take this time to maybe like, you know, look at your relationship and see if you want to reevaluate your boundaries with your partners. Maybe you had one in theory that was working and you're like, "You know what? We tried it out for a couple months now this boundary doesn't work for us. How can we fix that?" And always remember, the hard conversation that you're trying to ignore will come up at one point. So just full send. So just now. do it. Full yeah. send. Do it now. Yeah. And that's a thing like you know, I, I, if it's anything that I realized this year for myself, I know we just did an entire episode on what Nikki learned. We're not going to do an entire episode on what Cami learned because that's a cami's still learning. But... Hey, I'm still learning too. I'm always learning. If it's any... I, I think you've done more growth than I did. But I still did some good level of growth. But if it's anything I learned this year is that you have to have the hard conversations as soon as they arise. Um, you have to confront what's working, what isn't, what you want to move forward with right as it comes. And you really have to be honest with yourself. Stop lying to yourself. I did a good amount of that for the better half of like half the year. If you get turned on by a penis, it's fine. We need more bi men in the world. <laughs> I'm really championing for that because I like. You really are. That's like the third episode in a row. I, <laughs> um, I love male, <laughs> male, female threesomes. Those are We my do need favorite. more of those, actually. Mm-hmm. So, men, another penis in the room does not take away from yours. From your masculinity. Does I not don't take care away. what the size difference is. They're both phenomenal penises. Okay. If you're a dude and you tell a girl you want a threesome and it can be with another guy- She's going to marry your ass. She's literally never going to want to let you go. Yeah. At least for me. I mean, that would be the case. Well, no. I mean, like how many... I've been propositioned for so many threesomes. What are they? Male, female, female. How original. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I want the fucking Eiffel Tower. Take me to Paris. And then the London Bridge. (laughs) Take me to London. And after that, where the sticks are going to go. I don't know. Anyways, we'll figure it out. Have a great rest of the year. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Wear condoms. We're super excited about it. And don't forget, for all our female listeners, if you're like me, you probably hate vaginal washes because it always just feels like— Oh, this is a good plug. Yeah. No, no, no. So, Good Clean Love, they have this— It's a vaginal wash. You, like, wash your cooch with it. Anyway. balancing. Before I ever used this one, like, there was— what was the other brand? Summer's Eve? It felt like you were just, like, masking your vagina with Febreze. It was disgusting. I'm like, I'm never buying this. Like, vaginal washes are, like, the biggest waste of money. So I always just use, like, water. Because you're not supposed to use soap down there. If you use soap down there, you're drying out the skin, and it's not good for it, and it's got fragrances. It's terrible for your pH balance. So you're just supposed to use water. So that for years, that's what I did. And then, with Good Clean Love, I tried out their um, vaginal pH balancing wash and I'm not kidding when I say it like changed my vagina in the best way possible. Like the skin just feels- A whole new world. Yeah, no, seriously. Like the skin feels so like soft and rejuvenated. It totally cleanses the area. So I've, (laughs) I've been raving about this wash ever since I've started using it. So if you have a lady in your life and you want to get her a Christmas gift, that's I would, a great gift. I would be thrilled if someone gave me another bottle of that vaginal wash for Christmas. Totally thrilled. Or if you've got friends, you know, that are females and you want to gift them some like, like a little coochie Christmas kind of basket, throw in that vaginal wash, add in some, you know, some good suppositories. Because if you're having sex with multiple men, even if you're wearing condoms, you should probably throw some suppositories up there every time you have a different one in there. You know, maybe um, some lube and some toys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm giving a lot of... I'm gifting a lot of sex toys this Christmas. Anyways, what I'm saying is... That's lovely. Throw that together for your friends and give them that wash. I cannot say enough good things about Coochie it. package. No, but it's true. I really... I love good clean loves wash i've been using it as well it's life-changing their lube is just amazing i can just rave about them all day long and this is not just because we have a great relationship with them just because they have really good products yeah wendy was not kidding when she said that she really took the time to perfect that she she put a lot of love into these products good and give people lube absolutely and when you do use and toys guys tis the season okay I already asked Cammy for a spreader bar for Christmas. I'm not made of money. And then I already asked for the... <laughs> I want a collar that says, come dumpster on it. Oh my God. What? We'll think about that one. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's my Christmas wish list. Um, Thank anyone, you. Feel free to send any of those items. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like we were saying, if you're going to try out some of the products, maybe gift some lube, use code double 20, good clean love. But yeah. Use that wash. I'm not kidding. It's like the best thing ever. Guys, we love you. Have a safe, we've said that like 80 times. Yeah, safe holiday season. Safe, okay? Use condoms. Condoms. Uber, okay? All of the safe things. Safe holiday season.